Hi, this is Laura Lee Griffin. And this is Nikki May with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. Allie Koch of Allie K Design is an artist based in Dallas, Texas, who has turned her passion for art and design into a full-time career. She is the author of over seven published books and is on a mission to inspire others to create as well. You can find Allie's artwork on murals all around the Dallas-Fort Worth area, on merchandise, in stores, all around the country. When she isn't creating her gorgeous artwork, Allie speaks about business and entrepreneurship through panels on her own podcast, which is called Breakfast with Sis, which she records with her dad. While Allie has worked with some incredible companies around the country, her favorite part of her job is still drawing from her bed while cuddling her adorable cat and drinking sweet tea. Allie, welcome to the Stardust Society. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited that you're here. And I wish that our listeners could see that cute cat that you have, too. It's the- <laughs> I know. Hopefully you, you might hear her in the background, but hopefully not too much. <laughs> Allie, we like to start off our episodes with your stardust story. And as we mentioned in the introduction, you do so many interesting things. But the question is, how did you get started with this sort of creative life and turning this into an actual business? Um, what did that look like for you? It, for the longest time, I thought it was just luck. Um, my dad tells me all the time that there's no such thing as luck. It's just hard work. And it was a mixture of that, but it's also like just who you know, sometimes what you know about who you know, being in the right place at the right time, all of that, knowing how to network properly and networking to the right people. All of that has kind of helped me get to where I am. That's like the longest story short, but (laughs) (laughs) I just like a quick rundown. I graduated from UNT with a marketing degree and I couldn't find a marketing job. So while I was interviewing for jobs, I started creating canvases and artworks for our first apartment and for friends and family. And those just kind of took off. And so I started painting globes. Like I know the real OG fans are when they're like, Oh, I still have one of your globes. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, can I redo that? Or like, you need to get rid of that. Yes. (laughs) They're very cool. Yeah. So I really enjoyed doing them. Um, and that's when I started doing like craft fairs and a little bit of those. I personally didn't like the craft fairs, uh, Mm -hmm. But I started doing because I didn't like that. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do an Etsy shop. And then I actually didn't really like Etsy. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's just something that just like wasn't clicking. Right. And I was like, I just need and at the time my husband kind of just saw it as a hobby because that's what it looked like hobby stuff. Right. And I was like, no, oh, I think I can make a job out of this. Like people were like paying me money to do these globes and these canvases. He's like, yeah, but that's kind of like a hobby. And he saw like Etsy as like a hobbyist and it's grown so much more than that. But at the time um, it was. And so I was like, Hey, what can I do that? So it wasn't like making a lot of money, but I wasn't going under at the time. So I was like, Hey, what can I do that? I can make 
a substantial amount of money. Yeah. It was enough that you could see the potential, even yes. though you weren't there yet. Yes. Yes. I was and like, what I were you actually selling on Etsy at the time? Uh, globes or mm-hmm. art prints or canvases. Okay. And so that like just alone, like if you're starting a business and that's all you're doing, like that's really great, but you're probably never going to see like a six figure business. It is just way too hard. You have to scale that. And so I was like, okay, I can either scale this or I can find another avenue. And so I found weddings and I was just, I had just gotten married at the time. So I knew how much money goes into weddings. Absolutely. You can do this. I did my own calligraphy and wedding invitations for my own wedding. So I was like, I think I, I think I can do this. I think I like this. And so I started doing invitations. And at the time when I was doing wedding invitations, I was one of like the top Dallas calligraphers, sign painters. And that was really great. Um, I grew out of my kitchen when I was doing wedding invitations. And so I was like, I need to find a studio. So I found a studio off of Craigslist of all places. <laughs> it was so... My husband walked in and he's like, I don't know about this. Even my parents <laughs> thought like... My parents think that I can like do anything and everything. My parents are like, I don't know, Ali. I'm like, no, no, no. There's a vision. I got it. Paint the whole thing white. And it just makes everything better. Right. So I got my first studio we painted all those walls white. I was like, okay, now I got to put some art on here. And I asked my loan learner, I was like, Hey, can I paint a mural? And they're like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. This is your studio space. I was like, yes. So <laughs> I painted my first mural, had no idea what I was doing. And, uh, was my BU mural. I don't know if you have seen that artwork or whatnot, but uh-huh. it's kind of an iconic Ali K design now. And I painted that and posted on social media. And then someone was like, oh my gosh, you paint murals. I need a mural. Can you do one? I'm like, yes, of course I paint murals. Like I got this. (laughs) I'm done. I have it. So I, um, I also don't like the phrase fake it till you make it. I like say yes and figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly what I did. I'm like, yes, I can do this mural for you. And within that time, I was Googling and researching and testing out all these different supplies and things like that. And I showed up to that mural feeling as confident as I could be. And I painted it and it's still up today and it still looks beautiful. And after that one mural, it just kind of now, now I've painted over a hundred murals over the course of, uh, four, five years. Wow. Within that, I also got my first book deal. Um, which I think has helped tremendously put me on the map of mm-hmm. uh, growing my Instagram. That's helped so much with my books and people knowing me from all over the world, which is crazy. But yeah, so it's just been like a mixture of multiple things, and then realizing that I can't just I can't just paint globes, or I can't just do canvases, or I can't just do wedding invitations. Like in order to have a really successful career in art, it is helpful to have like passive incomes and multiple things to where like, if one thing is low and I really felt this, especially in 2020 of like, okay, Mm -hmm. one thing's really low or non-existent then I can lean on something else. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about that a lot about trying to come up with multiple screens, 
Words are hard. <laughs> Words are so hard. Y'all are my people because typically it's me that's doing this and I get so frustrated at myself, but y'all are my people. I love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we talk a lot about having multiple streams of income because it's so important to just have that balance for sure. So you talked about your parents and your dad a bit. Um, it seems like your dad is your business partner in a lot of ways. <laughs> What's that working relationship like with him? Like, I love my parents, but I cannot imagine working with them. Sorry, mom and dad, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> I'm totally going to call him and be like, you are my business partner. Just so you know, he's like, he's probably going to be like, I already know this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's that working relationship like? Yeah. I've had a standing breakfast date with my dad since I was 13 years old. It was, it kind of started off, which is adorable. It is. It kind of started off with my mom saying, you need to take your daughter out of this house and <laughs> to give her, it was, I guess, 13 year old hormones, just all going crazy. Um, and so every Saturday morning he would take me out to breakfast and we just like started talking about life and what was going on for that week. And we do highs and lows and what do we learn? And that obviously has evolved from 13, what age is that in middle school to then mm -hmm. the highs and lows of high school and then the highs and lows of college. And, and then, then the high low app. Yes. High low <laughs> app. Um, and then like, yeah, then it just kind of evolved into like the high lows of business. And so dad, my dad is a consultant. Um, he has either been a consultant at a business or he now currently is working at HR. So he's constantly working with people, consulting people, has his own books. He's so knowledgeable and wise and always has the answer for anything that I am thinking or struggling with. So yes, he's definitely the business partner when it comes to moral, emotional support. He also has really great ideas too. So um, he's definitely my, when I'm overthinking something and he's like, we well, need to work smarter, not harder. He's my go-to guy. Can I borrow your dad? Yeah. <laughs> Can Laura call him when she's doing some overthinking? Yes, yes, yes. Just listen to the podcast. He's got it all the answers. The overthinking consultant. What a great resource to have for you. I'm very, very fortunate and very grateful. I, I thank him every single day. Um, we were talking before we started the podcast of where I'm, I'm moving up to the burbs and I, the, it's going to be like the longest we've ever been away from each other. Like as far as like distance wise. Uh -huh. And he told me last week, he's like, Hey, I guess we're moving to the burbs too. And so my mom found a new house. So, um, <laughs> it's really great. Wow. We, I definitely like, I'm the only person I really do know that has like this strong of a relationship with their parents, but I, yeah, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate that my husband has a good relationship with them too. Like I've known my husband and I've been dating my husband since I was 14. Um, wow. so if you think like I started breakfasts when I was 13, so my dad has just been in every aspect of me and my husband's relationship too, just as guiding me through puppy love to then marriage. <laughs> um, but he's been around my dad as well. So like over half our lives, he's been in our family. So um, it's just been, it's a really great relationship. 
That's great because my dad is like, I don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. I actually met your dad um, years ago at what? one of your book signings um, because I came to that. The one that had the really cool like bus with the photo op outside. Yes. And... Yes. That was one of my favorites. That was for florals by hand. Yes. That was amazing. Did you say bus? <laughs> um, yeah. A VW bus. Oh, cool. <laughs> Super cool. So, um, that was an amazing book. And I have, I have a couple of your books that I just love. And I'm curious if you can share with us, you mentioned earlier that the book came around the same time as the murals, all this was kind of happening at the same time. But can you give us um, a little bit more information about how you came into that first book deal? Or, and, and did you self publish? Did you work with a publisher? What was that like? Yeah, so again, I was very, very fortunate and grateful. Um, how I was able to get my book deal because sometimes it's not this way. Um, but I was approached by the publisher that I'm using now. They emailed me and they're like, Hey, we have this idea for a how to draw florals book. We want you to do it. And of course, I went to my dad. I was like, Look at this. Cause he, at the time, he had already self published his books and he was three books in. Um, so I was like, this is really strange. I think I was two, maybe two and a half, three years into my business. I had like less than 10,000 followers on Instagram, like nothing substantial for me to think that I was capable or uh, popular enough to write a book. And I was like, this is a scam. And my dad's like, well, like hear him out. I was completely thinking that it was going to be one of those like, you just want a free vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Just pay us. Just pay us this much money. Yeah. Um, I was completely thinking it was going to be that, but it definitely wasn't. They're like, no, no, no. We're actually going to pay you. They told me about, I didn't know anything about books. I had no idea about royalties and advances or nothing like that. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go into this very blindly. And I am so glad I did because it completely changed my life. Now there are so many different resources for self-publishing, for finding a book agent, for... you can. There's so many different ways of... If you're wanting to publish a book, there's so many different ways. A lot of my friends have been approached by publishers, so they're still out there. Um, so just if you are... A lot of times, publishers look for people that are... They just see, cause I asked my publishers like, why me? Like, this is so weird. Like I wasn't that. And I was looking back at my Instagram to see like what they were seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. I did that like probably last year. I was like, what were they seeing? I'm so curious. Cause I wasn't posting a ton of florals. I was doing just a little bit here and there, but they're like, no, we just saw your joy and your just charisma of every time you posted, you were always willing to teach and and help others. And that's Mm. truly my joy, my passion of just being able to build that confidence up in others. And so they saw that. I don't know how or why, but they did through my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And that's why they, they asked me. So. And what year was this? The first book? Oh man. Do you remember? I don't. (laughs) Years are so weird these days now. I know time means nothing anymore. (laughs) I really don't. I think it might've been 2017, I believe. Okay. 2016 around there. So clearly you enjoyed that process because now you've, what, you've completed like seven more? <laughs> yes. The The minute my book came out and the first post that someone got my book and they, they did one of the floral illustrations, 
I started bawling. I was like, oh no, what did I just do? Because the illustrations was so good. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I just ruined my career. All of these people are going to start drawing flowers and they're going to start drawing flowers just like me. Like, what did I just do? Like, I'm ruined. And then the post just started coming in of like, oh my gosh, you're helping me build confidence. You're teaching me. I now I'm starting my own business. And so it like that completely flipped of like, oh my gosh, what did I just do to like, oh my gosh, look what I just did. And I'm able to reach all these people around, literally around the world. Like I will never forget mm-hmm. the time we, me and my husband were visiting Rome and we're visiting the Colosseum and we're taking pictures. And this girl comes up to me. She's like, oh my gosh, are you Ali K? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Yes. That's amazing. She's like, I have your book. I love you. I'm like, wow. You are making my life right now. Like, oh my gosh. And of course, my husband was like, damn, that's cool. So, yeah, it was really great. So, just being able to like realize that that, that I'm touching people all over the world and being able to bring in that inspiration and confidence outweighs the fear of people copying because there are people all over. And I get this question all the time. Like, how do you overcome like these people drawing just like you or, or copying what you're doing? And I have to look at it as like, if they're copying exactly what I'm doing, then they're never going to have the confidence to go out and do what I do because they're always going to feel like they have to copy something. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't take it too personal, Right. I, because I have to remind myself, like, that's, that's what they're mentally, what their block is. Um, mm-hmm. and it just kind of gives me a push of like, okay, there's all these people and they're kind of in the same race. So it's a marathon, not a race, but I, I just need to keep trucking. Cause if I stop, then someone's gonna maybe re- replace me. So yeah, it keeps me motivated too. So let's talk about the style for a bit. So you had that fear that, oh my gosh, I'm teaching people how to draw what I do, but you have a pretty distinct style and you're, you're totally right that if somebody is just, so copying somebody else's style is a great way to learn. Definitely. Definitely. But if you're putting, if all you're putting out there is somebody else's style, you're right. You're never going to develop your own, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about how you developed that style. Yeah. It, came out to just really what I personally love. Um, mm-hmm. And that's another thing of like when I am overthinking and when I have those blocks, I'm just like, oh, I don't know what to create. It's always, again, dad's wise words. Um, he's just like, well, just create what you like. And then the people that like what you like are going to like it. And those are your type of people. Like you don't want to try to force someone to like something. Um, those aren't your people. So the right people will come just create for yourself. And that's exactly what I do. I, I created my first mural for myself. Uh, when I was in the wedding industry, I think I painted over 700 jackets but uh, for brides. But the first jacket was I wanted something cool for a party. So I painted one for mm-hmm. a party. Um, everything that literally everything that is in my website that I sell on my shop, it's because I either wanted it or I needed it or I was going to gift it to a friend. I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Let me just sell it as well. So it's definitely helped because I definitely have decision paralysis for sure. So it's definitely helped with that of just like focusing on like, okay, what would I hang in my apartment or like, what do I need? 
And it's like, I need something. I'm like, okay, I need it in allocate form too. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm going to learn how to paddle or do, um, not paddle pickleball. Sorry. I'm going to learn how to pickleball, but I need paddles. <laughs> And I'm yep. like searching paddles. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can custom make these. And so, of course, I did. I custom made paddles for pickleball. I don't even know what pickleball is. Oh, Google it. Oh, my parents would love those. Yes. Pickleball is awesome. <laughs> it is. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, I like, I really like that because a lot of people are out there looking at what they think the market wants. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because they really do. It's like either what the market wants or like what they look at Sally on her Instagram and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, she's doing such a great job and she's selling these things and people get so caught up and like, oh, well, I, I need to sell those things. It's really like, that's not going to like, if you are not a hundred percent in that, it's not going to, it's not going to work a hundred percent. Like it might work for a little bit, but it might not work um, as well as you think it would. So Mm-hmm. I tell people, I'm like, look around your house. Like, what is your style? Like, what do you, what do you wear? What does your apartment look like? What do you, when you go to the store, like, what are you picking up? Things like that. And that's a good way to kind of start figuring out what your style is. I know you like mentioned, like, I, a lot of people like will look at when they'll come into my house or look at my cars or look at what I'm wearing. They're like, wow, you're really into that Ali K brand. I'm like, no. LK brand is, is me. It's just, it's just me. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So instead of following trends, you're just creating your own. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. And for our listeners who don't know, Ali K does really beautiful, lots of beautiful black and white mm-hmm. um, work, you know, black line work on, on white. And a lot of your murals I've seen have been that way. I think I've even seen some shop fronts that you've done. Yes. Yeah. Um, in different places. Yeah. I'm starting to add color, um, which is interesting because a lot of people are like, ooh, color. I'm like, ooh, I can (laughs) still do it, but my favorite (laughs) is still like black and white type of stuff. Yeah. It's sometimes hard because a lot of people are like, oh, what color are you painting this? I'm like, no, but it's just black and white. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a way of defining your brand. It is. But you're allowed to experiment. And you know, you've niched down. But what's interesting is even though that you you kind of have this distinct style, mm-hmm. you've been able to then apply that to so many different things, so many different products. So, um, you know, we talked about murals. We'll talk a little bit more about those. But um, the books, the cars, because I know you have an Alto car out there mm-hmm. um, and art licensing. I mean, what all do you have your your artwork on these days? Yeah. So I have fabric. I, I pretty much have like this goal like every year of like, okay, what can I put flowers on? And it's like, I have this whole list of like, one day I hope that there's band-aids with my flowers on them or... Oh, I would totally wear some Alley K band-aids. There's so many things. So like, I just like, especially if I find like products, I'm like, okay, this product's really cool. Like, let's see if I can put Alley K flowers on it. Um, A lot of times, like at the beginning of my career, I was like, okay, I want to do this. And I want to put flowers on it, but getting like an art licensing agent or reaching out to companies like that can be really intimidating. And I like instant gratification. So I'm like, okay, I want a home collection. (laughs) Well, I'm probably not going to get into Target because that is just, you have to have so many different connections. Um, 
And never say never. Never say never. Yep, that's true. But I was like, okay, instant gratification. I'm just going to do this myself. And so like I came out with my own home collection, like had the whole catalog, the whole shebang. Like it was really great. And Well, talk to us about how you did that. Yeah, so I did that through a mixture of like drop shipping. Um, so mm-hmm. like Printful... Print on demand. Yep. Print on demand. Like that's essentially like drop shipping is. So I did a mixture Mm -hmm. of that, a mixture of like finding local, like I think I had like some tea towels and I designed the tea towels and then they hand dyed them for me um, in small batches. And uh, I think what else I have, I had like comforters and blankets and pillows and kitchen towels and tea towels. And so I just found all these different vendors that I could use and use on my shop. And so I created it bought all the samples. It was really, it was kind of expensive at the time, but I knew that I needed at least a sample of everything. And so I sampled it out, Mm -hmm. scheduled a photographer, photographed it or photographed it, (laughs) photographed it, (laughs) photographed it well and, uh, put it out there and put it on social media and blasted it through my newsletter. And all these people were like, Oh my gosh, who did you partner with? I'm like, no girl, it's all me. I did it. Did you wholesale those? I didn't because I did everything. Because that's hard to do with print on demand. Yeah. It's really, yeah. yeah. You can't do wholesale with print on demand. Um, So it was just all through my website and Mm -hmm. just small batches. And so I just kept Mm -hmm. it very Mm -hmm. local to my website. But when I did that, I got the attention of Moda, which is a fabric company that sells worldwide. And they're like, oh my gosh, I Mm -hmm. love your pillows. I love these designs. Like, have you thought about ever doing fabric? And I'm like, yes, that is on my to-do list. I want to do this. Um, Because you can do it like through spoon flower and like create your own -hmm. own fabrics, but it is hella Mm -hmm. expensive to do it that way. Um, And again, you're still very limited to, it's essentially like a print-on-demand type of thing. So you're very limited. So you can't really wholesale that either. So I was able to get a really great deal with them. And now I have three fabric lines with them. So it's like one of those things that's like create your for yourself. And then all of these opportunities are going to open up. That's fantastic advice. It is. I love it. Mm -hmm. And people won't know, like people don't know what they want until they see it. And so you kind of have to just like, Mata probably would have never really like thought like, oh yeah, Allie Flowers would have looked really great on their stuff until, cause they just saw all of my artwork on walls. Um, and so the minute mm-hmm. I was able to put it on textile, they're like, oh yeah, these are really great. So, but speaking of walls, I have always been interested in murals and I've done a couple little things here and there, but, um, I wanted, I want to hear more about your murals and I know, so you got started just by doing one for yourself in your studio, right. And then sharing images of that and getting interest going. Yes. But, um, oh my gosh, you're so prolific with them. Now you do. What did I just see in the last several years? You've done like 27 a year every Every year year. it is the (laughs) most like gives me chill bumps I don't understand it but literally every (laughs) single year for the past like since 2018 it's always been the number 27 and I'm just like this is freaky wait and in in that year were you 27 oh my gosh was I I'm 30 now. <gasps> she might have been. been. Oh my gosh. You just blew my mind. Wow. Well, thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? All right. So that's crazy. So talk to us. 
tell us all the things about murals. So I know the first one was in your studio, but now you're working with brands on murals and businesses. Tell me, tell me things. All the things. <laughs> tell me all the secrets. Well, there's a lot uh, to murals. And um, yeah. so do you want to know like how... Yes, all of it. <laughs> all of it. So murals can be a little intimidating. Um, and I get asked like, oh my gosh, how do you start? Like literally I just say like, just start. Like you have a wall mm-hmm. next to yeah. you, paint it. Yeah. Don't like it, paint over it. It's just paint. Um, so mm-hmm. it can be your wall. It can be a friend's wall. It can be a literally like go to Home Depot, go get a piece of pie wood, paint that. Like that's considered a mural or at least I like to mm-hmm. think that it's considered a yeah. mural. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just paint it. It's going to be easier to paint like murals for other people the more you practice. And so like, especially like scale is really intimidating to people of like, okay, how mm-hmm. do I get this idea on this piece of paper on this iPad? I always use an iPad. It's see me so much time and it's so much easier to transfer mm-hmm. that. Okay. So I want to know how you get it transferred. Tell us yeah. how you do that. Yeah. So there's multiple ways. Um, I use an iPad. I recommend it. If you don't have an iPad and you're an artist, go get an iPad. Like even if you like, you're just like, Absolutely. so like you love canvases and you love the art materials and you love the feel of it. I was totally that girl until I got an iPad <laughs> and then I was like, okay. <laughs> and there's no reason you can't yes, do there's both. There's no reason, but it just saves you so much time and you're able to scale mm-hmm. and you're able to do so much more with your artwork once you go digital. Um, and time is money and that saves you so much time. So get an iPad. Okay. So you have, so you have your little design on your iPad because it's only so big. And what app are you using? I'm using the Procreate app. Yeah. That's what we use too. So how do you get it on a big wall? So I will mock it up. Like, so I'll take a photo of the wall. I will design it on like a second layer of over that photo. So then I can send it to the client and be like, okay, this is exactly how it's going to look. Pretty mm-hmm. much exactly how it's going to look. And I'm like, okay, we love that. So Larry, like we want it bigger. We want smaller. We want it to the left, to the right. It's easy to like move around. So then I go to the wall. If it is going to be in an exterior wall, I go to the wall at night and I project it up. Um, how do you do that? What do you use? Yeah. With the projector. So I started off with a literally one of those old school overhead projectors. I bought it off like $10 <laughs> off of Craigslist. I was like, cause that was the only thing when you said projector, that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, I need this. I went to mm-hmm. FedEx, got one of those like, uh, Kinko clear sheets or whatever they call them. Um, Transparency, yes, yeah, yeah. transparencies. Yes. And I, I did like two murals with that. And I think I like smashed it up and put it in a dumpster because it was horrible. But <laughs> then I went to Amazon and bought like a hundred dollar projector and it uh-huh. saved my life. So buying a projector it doesn't have to be something crazy. I have a hundred dollar projectors, $50 projectors, a thousand dollar projectors. They all work the same essentially. So, yeah. um, and you do it directly from the uh, iPad so projecting it? Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's really finicky of like the iPad shifting angles. So I will then transfer it to my computer, put it into okay. either I can just do it off of my computer or I'll put it into like Illustrator or some like editing app to where I can like mm-hmm. blow it up easier, make it full screen because right? you want to mm-hmm. try to get as much right? of that image onto the yeah. your computer screen as possible. 
because then that's what is projected onto the projector. So then Mm -hmm. project it up, trace it out. Mm -hmm. Then the next day I go and I just paint it. So it's really awesome. But just like that. And then it's done. Just like that. Then it's done. (laughs) No big deal. Build some scaffolding. <laughs> I got that. Yeah. Um, there's sometimes where you can't project either. I don't have time in my schedule to go out the next, like the night before and then go out the next day. Or it is in a place where I can't find a plug. Like it's like uh, in the middle of a park and there's no electricity or whatever. Uh, you can like rent a, a generator, but that sometimes is just like really big hassle. So yeah. you can make a grid, old school grid way. So it's essentially like you take your photo, you make an on a smaller sheet, grid it out, do some math, then you grid it out on the wall and you follow the squares. There's a new school way. It's kind of like an old school slash new school way. Old school is like the graffiti artists have been doing this for years because obviously they can't Mm -hmm. go out with a projector and project up their graffiti. So what they do is it's called a doodle method to where you doodle these random shapes like hearts, letters, squiggles, all these squiggles. Take a photo of that. And then use your iPad, put your image on top of that doodle. And then you just kind of look at that doodle of like, okay, the I is next to this K and you trace it out that way. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it really is. It works. I haven't done it yet. It's on my to-do list to do. Like I really want to experiment with that. Um, But... It's when I see it, YouTube videos of it, I, it blows my mind. Interesting. We're going to have to find some YouTube videos yeah. of that because I'm, I'm having yeah, a hard time picturing it. Doodle grid method and it, it pops up. Cool. Okay. So we know that you need to have a projector if you're interested in doing the murals. You need to. So that you it's can- just a lot easier. Um, it's a lot easier to like get the scale correct. So you can either project yeah. it or grid it or just freehand it. But yeah. What is the difference? Like how many of your murals are outdoor ones versus indoor ones? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Um, lately they've a lot of them have been indoors. I think a lot of people have been inside in these cooped up walls and like, hmm, I need a mural. Yeah. <laughs> so mo- a lot of them have been indoors lately, but it's a very good mixture. And what supplies do you need that are different for doing something indoors versus outdoors? Literally really nothing. Um, Cause I'll use the same like paint for, I'll just get a gallon of exterior paint and use it interior. Like that's not a problem at all. So it's just, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend interior paint on an exterior wall mural. But last year there was like this really big paint shortage. So they didn't have like the sample paints and that freaked me out a little bit, but a lot of my murals I just get those sample paints from Home Depot. They're like in these like teeny tiny, cute little, I don't know. They're not even like, I don't even like know what ounces they are, but they can get me through a whole mural. So yeah. Oh, wow. Well, let's talk a bit more about materials because I know, you know, in, in getting ready for this uh, interview, we did a little deep dive into your stuff and I saw you have an Amazon shop with some of your favorite mural supplies. And I saw, I have a special interest in this because I've used some of these materials that, that you have in your shop. 
on um, on a car that I drew on. So I've seen that you have Sharpie oil-based paint pens, and then you also have Posca um, acrylic mm-hmm. paint markers. So like, when do you use oil versus acrylic? It really and- just depends on the wall. Like when we start painting, like I always test my markers out because it really is like, it's mm-hmm. either like, okay, the texture of the wall, like, is this going to eat up the paint pen? Um, the paint that is underneath that wall, if, if it's like an oil-based paint that was already painted or if it's an eggshell or if it's a mat, they all react differently to the paint that you put on top of that. So okay. it's really just like testing out. Like I can, I wish I had like a graph of like, okay, you use this pin for this wall. It really like every single wall is completely different. Right. Um, and like when I, when I think I know a wall and when I think I know it, like sometimes it like surprises me and it does really weird things. And so then halfway through the mirror, I'm like, okay, I need to switch up my materials type of thing. So, so you just test each one out yes. and see what works best. Well, as a rule, you can put oil on top of acrylic, but not acrylic on top of oil. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you do a combination of painting and drawing. Uh, you mean like paint? Yeah. Like with the paint pens and with the paint. Yeah. Most of my murals are a mixture just depending on, cause your paint pens only go to a certain thickness or they only go to a right. certain thinness. Um, and so it really is just depending on again, scale of like, okay, and I'll test it. Like I'll do a, a mark and then I'll step back. I'm like, okay, do I like this scale of this line weight? No, let me try this marker. Like, no, I don't like that. So then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to use a brush because then I know I can can do that. So when you're transferring something over from your your projector, mm-hmm. are you using those paint pens to basically outline the, the work? No, sometimes I have done that. Um, and then I realize that I'm losing so much <clears throat> content that I'm like, okay, I can do a mural really quick if I do it that way. Um, mm-hmm. you kind of need a little bit of a scale and a little bit, like most of the time that is considered like freehand drawing. Cause you don't see your lines when you're in front of the projector. Cause then you block the light. So it's really like, mm-hmm. like I can do it, but if I have an assistant with me, they can't do it. Cause then they're like looking and doing like all these poses, trying to get, see the line, but you really can't see the line. So if like I'm really tight on schedule and I'm like, okay, I need to really knock this mural out. I will do it that way when I'll do it by myself. But then I'm like, okay, I did that, but no one wants to see my image on Instagram projected up there. And then like my shadow and I'm playing shadow puppet. So I, <laughs> for the sake of Instagram, I don't do that anymore. So it's just better Instagram content that I can get without the projector. That makes sense. So let's um let's talk about how you get all of these mural jobs. Are you seeking them out or are people just coming to you? And how has that really changed as your career has developed? I need to like knock on wood because um <laughs> I have only every single mural except maybe one, um, I have been approached by, which is again thinking. Lucky stars, um, all just very grateful for that. That's amazing. The one, 
I can, yeah, there's only been one that I was like, Hey, we'd love to paint a mural. And, and surprisingly they said yes, which a lot of times you, that's very, also very rare. Like it's one of those, like ask a hundred mm-hmm. times to get one yes back. So right. yeah, it's a lot of just word of mouth. And so I always want to be top of mind of other people to where like, okay, if someone just mentions the word mural, I want them to think of me. Um, and so that mm-hmm. is done by constantly showing that I'm painting murals, constantly talking about mm-hmm. painting murals, but also like the kind of secret sauce to staying top of mind is connecting with those people outside of art. Like they can't always connect with you of being an artist or painting, but if just someone that isn't an artist can connect with you of like, Oh, you like Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A. Oh, you have a cat. I have a cat. So then they're able to remember you a lot easier when they're able to connect with you on a personal level. So that's kind of like the secret sauce of staying top of mind with the, with those people. I'm curious because I also come from a, a finance background in my career. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always kind of curious how people price their work or how they get paid for doing murals. Like in this case, is it is it like a cost per square foot or some other method? And then I assume that as you... M- you know, do more of them and have more experience, you can increase your price over time. But do you have any suggestions for people who are just getting started with how they would price their mural work? Yeah, don't do it for free. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Always good advice. Yes, don't do it because it's just so it's so hard. Like I can see like doing it um, for free for maybe like your very first one and be like, hey, can I if you're like wanting to do this with a friend, be like, hey, I'm experimenting. Um, but I've learned the hard way of doing anything for free, um, just bites you in the butt in the end. So just don't just stay away from it. Don't do it. Even if like you can (laughs) trade something like Mm -hmm. a dinner or (laughs) just something to where there's like some type of transaction, it helps so much. Um, so don't do it for free. It's definitely based off of square footage. Um, don't ever, ever, ever price artwork or mural work that is large and substantial by the hour. Um, because your goal is to get quicker. So, mm-hmm. right. But you also want to raise your prices. So it just like never makes sense of like, okay, I want to be faster at my job, but I also want to make more. So like, that's never going to work out. Yeah. It's the same. I do web design and it's the same thing. I never want to yes. charge by the hour because then you're punished for getting yes. more efficient. Yes. So yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. So, mm-hmm. but do you ever do like a, a flat project, right? Like look at a wall and go, okay, this is going to be. Sometimes like if it's multiple walls or if I know that it's going to be like a repeating customer, like sometimes I'm like, okay, like for example, if it's a, like a franchise and they have multiple different opportunities for a wall and be like, okay, I can give you like five walls for this price. Um, and mm-hmm. then they have a certain amount of time to kind of cash in those, those walls. It really okay. just depends on the client, who they are, if they're nice to me. Um, mm-hmm. if I think that I can have like a, a long relationship with Long-term them, relationship. Yeah, yeah. Then I kind of like budge on the price just because I know like if 
they see that I care, then they're also going to care. Yeah. Um, and then again, think of me for, for different opportunities. So it really depends. If I know that, like, if I'm kind of vetting out this client, they're already asking like 10 million questions. And I'm like, okay, this, this is probably going to be a little bit of a needier client. And I yeah. kind of add 500 bucks or something yeah. to them, like, yeah. okay, just to like comp my time. Um, I'm going to do that. So it really just depends on the client, the walls, the opportunities. Like there's been multiple times where I'm like, okay, this is a really great opportunity or like, this is really going to be great for my portfolio. So I, um, so for example, I just did a mural that was on like plates. Um, and it turned out amazing. Oh my gosh. I just saw that. Yes. I'm really obsessed with it. The combination of plates and the wall behind it. Yes. So I also painted the, so that was for a showroom of an apartment complex. So I painted like the main bedroom and then they had this plate installed. I'm like, Oh my gosh, can I paint on those plates? Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah. So I essentially did that mural for free. Um, because I knew that one, it wouldn't take me that long to do. And two, that it was something that I kind of really wanted to, to do. Um, so knowing that, like, I was like, okay, knowing that I wanted to paint those plates, um, and that I was already painting the other mural, I just tacked on my mural supplies and then gas to that original mural price. Um, and I was like, okay, I can do these plates and this mural for this price. And they're like, yeah, great. I, on the back end, added it to it. The client didn't really... Well, now I guess now they know if they listen to this podcast. But <laughs> um, they're good. They're good people. They would have... Well, for your sake, we hope they're not listening. Yeah. But for our sake, we hope they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're good people. They wouldn't mind. But essentially, it's just like I just tacked on the cost of my materials for at the upfront. And they're great for it. Smart. But I do that multiple times. Like if I see like, okay, if I can tack on something and like, have it a combined to where it's either a really great opportunity, it's a really great location, things like that, then I kind of budge the the budget. Cool. Well, let's just go back a little bit and talk about, so our listeners are mostly people who are just trying to really get started. So what advice do you have for people who are just getting started on how to, how to even start pricing their work? Yeah. So trying to talk with the people, cause again, like everything's going to be different where you are located. Right. Um, so like I essentially am in Dallas, so I'm able to price city prices essentially, but then like, right. Whereas I live in a, in a small town in, in Western Kentucky yes. and it's not, it's not Dallas rates. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So definitely do your research, kind of look on, Etsy is a little hard because you have a mixture of like hobbyists on there, then also professionals. But I, mm-hmm. that's how I started when I was doing pricing is that I started to look at other people's pricing. Oh, okay. They're kind of like in this ballpark because you never want to undercut um, the market so much. Right. Right. One that just, just doesn't make you look like you are not professional. Like there's another word for it, but like you want to come off as like, you know what you're doing. Right. So there's that, but then you also don't like want to overprice the market, but you also like, I, you can sometimes take in a talent, but also like, it's really hard because I know some people are like, Oh my gosh, Ali is charging $35 a square foot for a mural. There's no way I can do that. 
don't cut mm-hmm. it to like 14. Be like, okay, I'm going to charge 30 or 25, like still stay in that like close range, but no, like, okay, I'm going to have three murals under my belt. Okay. Now I got experience. Now I can start um, charging right. more. So, right. Got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, but you just got to start. That's the thing. You just got to yeah, start. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's our main message here. Yes, it is. It is our main message. And um, I'm curious when you have uh, an agreement with these clients, do you actually have a written contract with them? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Ten thousand <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yes. That is with like anyone like I when yeah. in any of my mentor sessions or any of like my fellow colleagues or people that want to get into this, like you have to have a contract on anything that you do, especially anything that you do custom. Um, and you have to, things that are like, I like to put in my contracts are like the timelines that you are going to start, um, when they're going to see designs just so that they kind of know ahead of time. So they're not emailing you like, when am I going to see this? When is this going to happen? Um, another huge big one is revisions. Before I had a contract, I think I was just burnt out by revisions because they've just kept coming and coming. And I'm just like, Oh, this is horrible. And you just spend all this time on revision. So it's like, I never do more than two revisions. It's in the contract. If they want more, they got to pay for it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I always do a 50% deposit no matter what. And the design work, like physical design work, me putting any idea or pen to paper, that 50% percent deposit has to be paid before that is done. Absolutely. No spec work. No spec work. <laughs> if they want spec work, they got to pay for it. And pay it's 50%. It. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they don't yeah, realize yeah. like that's 50% of the work. Like me designing, yeah. coming up with ideas, like that's 50%. And that's the hard part. Yeah, that almost takes longer to do versus mm-hmm. me just actually going and painting it. So, yep. yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's about revisions that are probably during the initial mural process. Mm -hmm. But do they ever come like, especially if it's like an outdoors one or something over time, do they have you come like fix something like maybe maybe somebody tags the wall or maybe something happens like um, or the sunlight has caused a problem or something. Do they ask you to come back and like fix it or? Luckily, it's never happened yet, but it is in my contract. Um, I thought you were about to say, like, do they ever like tell you to change something while you're painting? Um, That's happened before. So that is now in my contract of like, okay, you can't once I'm painting like this is it. The design is approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's also my contract. But then I also have like a service fee to where I don't know if I would actually really <sighs> depends on the client again, but I've come out and like there has been some murals that have been tagged. And so like if it's a quick fix, I'll just do it. But if it's like something to where like I have to like redo the entire thing, then I'm like, okay, I have to charge you. And that's when I do charge by the hour. Um, or I say like, it's a minimum of, I don't know, $50, uh, or whatnot. So there's some works where I do charge by the hour on some cases. And it's like things like that, where I'm like, okay, how long, I don't know how long it's going to take me. That makes sense. Yeah, And you have like, you kind of want to have like in your head. And that's another thing of like, if you're really starting out and you just have no idea and you've been researching and you just cannot come up with a number, like, okay, think of a number in your head of like, what your hourly rate needs to be or what you want it to be. And then kind of 
guesstimate how long that's going to take you and then go from there. And that's a good kind of, and then like, once you do it, then you realize, okay, I thought it was going to take me five hours, but it really took me six hours. And then just kind of figure out. 20 hours. (laughs) Yeah. So just kind of like figure out that. And so like, that's how also how I kind of started not on murals. Murals have always been by the square foot. I, I got that advice from muralists that I looked up to and that's what they were doing. So I've never mm-hmm. changed from that, but mm-hmm. little like custom things that come in my inbox that know that are just like, I don't do every day. I'm like, okay, how many hours is going to be? Okay. This is how much it's going to be. Or what has also really saved me is having project minimums. Um, and so I don't do anything that is like, if it's, it's like project minimum for if it's for like a canvas or for a custom print or whatever, it's this set. And so I'm like, Hey, this is my project minimum. You can take it or leave it type of thing. So that's also gotten mm-hmm. kind of gotten me out of random little things that I'm like, mm, I don't really have time for this type of thing. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. That can eat up a lot of time for sure. So yeah, that's great advice too. So what's the biggest issue you've ever come across when you were painting a mural? There is always, I say this every time, like there's always going to be problem solving. Like I just go into this mural knowing that any mural, knowing that there's going to be some type of problem that I'm going to have to solve. It can either be like, I don't have enough extension cords (laughs) or the weather, it starts raining or it gets too cold. Like I had a mural just last week where my paint was just like cracking. I'm like, what is happening? I have never had this experience before. Mm-hmm. And it was because the paint got too cold. Like it typically like a paint will crack if it's dusty, like on the, um, the wall is dusty and it'll crack. And I'm like, yeah. And like, I knew that wasn't the case because this was in an orthodontist like the wall was in an orthodontist office and that place was just spectacular. Like I could lick the floor. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was inside and it was yes. cracking. Oh, I thought it was. I thought you no, meant outside. Like, wow. So, like, it was like, yeah, wow. I was like, what the heck is going on? And it was just, it took me a while to figure out like what I needed to do. And we figured it out and it all worked out. And, um, I fixed the cracking issue, but it was just, I just sat there. I'm like, what is happening? Like, cause we're, I'm in Texas, so I don't really experience (laughs) all this stuff, but it had to have been just like either bad paint or it was too cold. Oh, it's just very particular. So had you stored the paint in your car? I, so I'm in between like homes right now. So a lot of like my mural paint is in a storage unit and it's Um, outside. Like it's one of those like drive up ones. Cause I refuse to like go through an elevator and down a hall and just to get my mural, (laughs) my mural supplies. So I bet that's why it definitely was why. Yeah. But so there's, there's always something that comes up and there's always, Oh, there's always something there's either like my lift is too, doesn't go all the way to the ceiling. So I have to get another lift or I don't have, so like my supplies and my, yeah, I have to have a whole storage unit for just supplies because I <laughs> will problem solve. I'm like, okay, well, I need to get another ladder or I need to get another scaffolding or I need to get more um, extension cords. So it just like keeps piling and piling. And yeah, my <laughs> kit is massive now just because I don't leave the house without all of these things because I've learned my lesson in the past. And since you do these frequently, it totally makes sense to purchase them versus rent them, you know, right? 
Oh yeah, definitely. And I did at the beginning, I rented like scaffolding. I don't have a scissor lift. That would be <laughs> epic if I did, but I rent those. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be so cool. Where would you um, store that? <laughs> but yeah, I rent, I know, I know. It would just have right. to have like another storage unit and then have to get like its own trailer or something. But can you imagine like a black branded with white flowers all over it? That would be awesome. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me. If somebody wants to sponsor that for Allie. <laughs> hey. Yeah. 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 Make sure it comes with storage. Definitely. But I mean <laughs> Yeah. So over the years and many murals, it's been like I've needed like I'll rent it, but then I would like need another one or the one that I rented like wasn't enough or I was just like spending too much on the rentals. And by the time you rent it five times, like you could have bought it and been a lot cheaper. So, right. Mm -hmm. It was just more beneficial for me to buy them. So that makes sense. Yeah. Two scaffoldings, probably like seven different ladders, depending on like what I'm doing, height, location, things like that. So I just kind of like every, before every mural, I just like go into my storage unit and just kind of like shop. I'm like, okay, I need this, I need that, I need this. If the mural business ever gets really slow, you can start running out of equipment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to have a big, hefty contract for that, but yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you have these murals. You do collaborations with licensing deals and courses and mentoring. Um, but how do you keep track of all of these different projects? Do you have a project management software or a spreadsheet? Like, what do you use? Yeah, I don't. I don't manage it. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> like when people say like, oh, what do you do? It's like sometimes the worst question because I'm like, well, it just really depends on the day. Like I do so much. And I always like see things on social media like, oh, find your niche. Like make sure like you niche down. And I used to be a really big um, like pro niche. And I think I am in some sense of like, I have a particular style and a brand and I really try to stick within that. But then like trying to spread that across as many platforms as possible, I think is really beneficial. Like that's how um, we can have those like passive incomes and things like that that we talked about earlier. But but really, how do you how do you manage? How do you keep track of everything and deadlines and what needs to be done when a lot of tabs are open? On my computer. <laughs> and in your brain. Yes. <laughs> a lot of different Excel sheets. Um, so I have like a mural Excel sheet and then like I do like tattoo design. So I'll do like I have a tattoo Excel sheet and like a branding Excel sheet. Cool. Um, and then licensing. I just kind of like those just kind of come and go. I use HoneyBooks, which probably saves my life more than... Mm -hmm like it's like a second assistant for me um yeah. so and it's to have saved so much money as well like before I was using HoneyBooks like I was just using an Excel sheet and then just like my emails but then I would always forget to like follow up or I would always forget those people that were inquiring so like with HoneyBooks or a system like that it helps so much to be like oh I need to follow up or oh this person hasn't paid me yet and it's just like really streamlined of like I can send the contract I can send the invoice I can see where it's at and the status of what do I need to do? And then I can archive it and all that stuff. And it's really great. 
so you use you use HoneyBook to um to keep track of like all your interactions with customers. Yes. And you use spreadsheets to manage the individual projects. Yes. Yes. And then I use like an old school planner for calendar. I did use that until um COVID and then like COVID happened, 2020 happened and then like my planner just like it was a mess. It was like having to like <laughs> scribble everything. And then by the time I'm like wasting a whole square of just all the things I have to scribble and re reschedule. So I started like just this year using like some, like just, I just put in my like notes. It's so unprofessional, but it's working <laughs> for me right now, but I definitely need to find like a, a different system. I think I have a little like PTSD of like an old school planner, but, um, <laughs> I do really, really love like notes, crossing it off, seeing it all on paper. I'm typically an old school type of gal on that. But well, I love to scratch things off to do list too, but they usually just end up moving to the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. Changing the date all the time. Yep. Cut, (laughs) paste. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Doesn't HoneyBook have that feature of of tracking tracking projects? I bet. I HoneyBooks is so great of all the things that they like the tools and the flows. I definitely use it maybe like 10% of what they offer. Right. <laughs> um but I mean it's just so like the contacts and the community like yeah, if anyone's listening and they're not on HoneyBooks, I highly recommend it, but Awesome. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Definitely really great things. An app. Yeah, I don't even use the app. Like I probably really should get really dive deeper into it. (laughs) All right. So let's move on and talk a little bit more about some of the other offerings you have. Um, We could talk murals and I could actually we could talk project management for hours, too. (laughs) But um, but let's talk about all the other things that you do and what you're interested in the most these days, because I know you have mentoring, private art lessons you have the Domestica course. Talk about some of the other things that you do. And and Allie, I know that you're really passionate about helping other creatives. So I know you've created a lot of offerings that could be useful in a lot of different areas. So I'm interested to, yeah, to see what you have to like, say about that. Once I figured out like that was my passion and someone asked me, because sometimes it's hard to like find your passion and your purpose and it's daunting to kind of think about it. But, uh, I had a mentor in the past. She said like, what are you doing that makes you the happiest? Or like ask a friend, like, what am I doing that you see me at my happiest? And it always mm-hmm. comes back of like teaching others or inspiring others. Um, so it really is like a tug on my heartstrings every time I can do that. Every time I can, I typically try to like answer as many questions when I'm painting murals and whatnot. So I love the mentor sessions. Um, I'm a horrible salesperson. Like I hate being salesy, <laughs> especially like social media. So I try to like the mentor sessions that I get are very organic and they come to me. Um, there's sometimes when like people ask like too many questions, I'm like, Hey, like I have a mentor session, like let's do that. Like it would be so beneficial and kind of do it at that route versus like, Hey, you need me. Um, I can be your mentor. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It makes me weird inside. I also have that domestic course, which is also great for people that can just do it at their own time. Um, it kind of goes a little bit, I don't go 
in depth of what I typically do in a mentor session, but it hits a lot of the things, common questions. Yeah. So what is the theme? Like, what is your Domestica course actually about? It is mainly about like being top of mind and finding your kind of voice in this big sea of entrepreneurship and creating a pitch deck and ways to network, things like Mm -hmm. that. So strengthening your brand, basically? Basically, yeah. Awesome. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. And so when you you talk about a mentoring session, what does a mentoring session look like with you? Yeah, typically they're an hour, two hours. I like to kind of split my two hours into two one hours. So like we'll do an hour, kind of have some like things that they want to work on and then follow up for an hour Mm -hmm. as what most people like to set that up. But it's so custom to what their specific needs are. So I ask them like write down 10 questions because you'll get to the session and you'll kind of blank and be like, oh my gosh, what do I ask you? (laughs) Um, So they'll send me like minimum 10 questions and we always venture out of the conversation just just, just going all over the place. Yeah, It really is like I have had mentor sessions to where I've literally help them set up their website or their like drop shipping or doing anything from marketing to social media to how to edit photos on apps to yeah. finding clients, project ideas. A lot of I really like the ones where like I can then connect them to another person that I know or help them find other projects. Like those are really great. So it really is so customizable to that person. Perfect. And do you do a lot of those? Do you have like set times that you work on those or just pretty sporadic? Pretty sporadic. I probably have like uh, two or three a month. Nice. And if somebody wants to do one of those with you, does it have to be in person or can they do it like via Skype? No, they're typically all, yeah, they're typically all through Skype. If it's in person, I, we typically, I've learned my lesson and I'll stay there and we'll chat for like four hours and I'm like, oh, <laughs> there was my whole day. So I've, yeah, I've stopped doing in-person ones for that reason. They're fun. I love them, but I just get too excited and <laughs> like I could literally talk to y'all all day long. Yeah. Understand. <laughs> oh yeah. We could, we could do this for hours. We could have like eight yes. episodes. <laughs> and then you, you also have a course with your dad. I do. Yeah. Called Mentor Makers. Tell us more about that one. That was a fun project. So I have a podcast with my dad that we record every Saturday morning. We just talk about life. Um, Mm -hmm. And we really talk about like how being a mentor or having a mentor is super important. Like my life completely changed when I had one of those in my life. Um, So it really is trying to, and that's also daunting of like, okay, where do I find a mentor? Or like, if you want to mentor someone, like, how does that conversation look like? Like you get to this coffee shop, you're like, okay, well, how's it going? (laughs) So it really breaks down like best practices of finding a mentor or being a mentee. um, And then just breaking down conversations that you can have with that mentor mentee scenario. So it's attacking it from both sides. It's Definitely. about how to how to find a mentor, work with one, and how to be one. Yes. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. Because you can look at it like if you're wanting to 
be a mentor, you can buy this and then use the content for your mentee. Or if you're a mentee, then you can kind of, it's kind of more for mentees that have a more proactive state in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So then they can Mm -hmm. come to their mentor and be like, Hey, these are the kind of questions that you want to ask type of thing. Awesome. So what is one piece of advice that you could give Allie to artists and illustrators who are just getting started? Oh, just do it. Just, (laughs) just do it. Just start. There's never a right time. Never a right time. I think I probably waited way too long to do a lot of the projects that I wanted to on my to-do list and my goal list, thinking that I'm like, oh, well, next month I'll have this or I'll be, it can be anything. It can be like, oh, I need to research this a little bit more or let me look at this a little bit more or I need to practice this a little bit more. Yeah. No, just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah, there's always going to be something you can come up with that to procrastinate. Yes. So yes. just just start is great advice. Just start is really great yeah. advice. And just like be open to like knowing that you're going to evolve. Like I started off with canvases and glitter and watercolor and painting on wood and globes. Like my business looks nothing like that now. Like I don't do any of that now. So just start know that you're probably not going to be doing what you're doing right now in two years. If you are, it's probably going to look 10 times better, but doing it, starting it, doing it every day. All these people are like, Oh my gosh, this looks so easy. Like you make it look so easy. I'm like, well, I do it every day. So that's why. Yeah. So Allie, where can our listeners find you online? Where can they find more about you? Super easy. It's just Ali K Design on all platforms, Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok. My website is www.allikdesign.com. Just make it really easy. It's A-L-L-I-K Design. Allie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We've been super curious about murals forever, and I've admired your designs for a really long time. Um, I'm your fellow Dallasite, and it's so great to be able to see you and speak with you. Um, And we know that our listeners are really going to get a ton of value from this conversation. It was an honor speaking with y'all. Seriously, like I said, like I literally could talk to y'all forever. So it's been so much fun. Awesome. Thank you again. And to learn more about Allie and read today's Stardust Society show notes, go to stardustsociety.com slash Allie K. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating and review. Reviews help us reach more Stardusts like you and keep us inspired to create new episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.